episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by One Claim Solution. Did you know it takes about 45 days for most contractors to get paid for an emergency services job and some report much worse wait times? Either way, that's a long time to get paid, especially with the stresses of keeping up with payroll and overhead costs. One Claim Solution is an insurance billing solution that not only gets their clients paid in 32 days on average, but also improves profitability and handles all communication with adjusters. You deserve to work with a specialist that has well-trained attorneys and staff, proprietary purpose-built technology, and rigorous time-proven processes needed to deliver a best-in-class insurance billing capability. One Claim Solution will handle it all so you can focus on what matters most, running your business. Visit OneClaimSolution.com for more. Hello there. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. I am excited to be talking about franchising again today. That's kind of a popular topic right now. So I am excited to be joined by Bob Moore. He is the VP of Development and Operations for United Water Restoration Group. They are based in Florida, but they are fast growing. You see that little, you're going to see a little entrepreneur magazine sign behind him. That's kind of, anytime you make any of those lists, that's a key indicator that you must be a fast growing franchise moving on up in the world. So um, Bob, thank you very much for joining me. Welcome. I would love to have you start by sharing your background because you are not new to the franchising space at all. Sure. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me on, on your podcast. I appreciate it. Um, no, unfortunately, I'm I'm not new to franchising as, as uh, I told someone the other day, I'm, I'm older than dirt. So I've been in franchising for 30 years. Um, I started with Domino's Pizza. I spent 13 years with that organization. Uh, the first six working for corporate and various franchise owners. And then the last seven years, I was actually a multi-unit franchisee. So I own multiple Domino's stores. So I've been on both sides of the franchise business model. Um, I sold my stores when Bain Capital bought the company. They were making a lot of changes I didn't necessarily agree with. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went ahead and I, I sold my stores and actually went to work for uh, one of my current competitors, Service Master. So uh, I basically was their West Coast Operations Director. I was with them for about three years. I was responsible for 134 franchisees uh, based out of California, but we had five states that my team and I supported them in. That's a the, lot. The bulk of our, our uh, revenue and our franchisees were in the restoration business. So uh, we did have some janitorial franchisees, but the lion's share of my franchisees and our revenue came from from restoration. Um, ended up uh, leaving that company and going to work for Duncan Brands, which is the parent company of Duncan Donuts and Baskin Robbins. And so I, I uh, spent a little over 10 years with them and oversaw about a third of the country for everything people and training related. So my team would help support a brand new franchisee of Michelle, if you bought a Duncan, uh, we'd get you lined up and in, into the, the franchise training classes, things like that. But then when you got ready to open your store, my team would also help you hire your initial crew, train them, work you through the first week of your grand opening, and then support any other ongoing operations for franchisees as well. So um, been with United Water for uh, going on four years, had moved down to, to sunny Florida and uh, hooked up with these guys and absolutely love it. Compared to the other brands I talked about, they're 70 plus years old, big, established. And I absolutely love working for an emerging brand in, in franchising. So it's a lot of fun, very exciting. Perfect. Okay, so share the background of United Water as well, because it's not always been a franchise, right? So Correct. Background here. Correct. Yeah. So it's interesting. So our three owners are all Hungarian. 
Okay. They didn't know each other in Hungary. They met when they came here. Um, that's what I said. I'm like, you, did, you didn't even know each other? And that said, absolutely not. But in the Daytona Beach area, there's actually a very strong Hungarian business community. And they met um, here in Daytona Beach. They were both doing different aspects of home services. Okay. Um, and in 2008, they, they teamed up together and want to start a business. And they knew restoration was, was a, a good business to get into because one of them had worked in it briefly. So in 2008, they bought a van, formed a company, filled it with equipment, and went out and started knocking on doors. Um, you know, pretty quickly from 2008, you know, fast forward the next four or five years, they grew to 15 offices across Florida um, and, you know, 30 plus million in revenue for them. So um, it was a wonderful, you know, story of how they got started and, you know, built it from nothing and, and you know, built this wonderful company. And then in 20... I believe around 2015, they actually became franchisees in a plumbing concept called Mr. Rooter. Yep. And that also gave me the idea, wow, maybe we should franchise our restoration business because that's been very profitable and very, you know, uh, successful for us. Mm -hmm. So in 2015, they began franchising uh, the concept and that's the company that I run for. Okay. All right. So how, how many franchisees are there now? How much, and I'm curious how much it has grown in the last maybe three or so years. It just seems like this is one of those brands that's been like, boom, off yeah. the Yeah. Just, just a little bit. When I started, um, we had five franchisees. Uh, we currently have 25 franchisees that are open, uh, representing about 83 territories. We have two more that are in, that are in the onboarding phase. Um, that basically will come to training in, in you know, the tail end of January and open up in February of next year. Um, so, you know, at that point, we'll have 27 franchisees and about 86 territories across the U.S. and a couple up in, in Canada. So what would you say, there are so many options out there when it comes to, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit. What do you think is drawing, and I guess it's the same as you, what is drawing people into the restoration industry specifically? If they're going to open up a business, there's so many different options for franchises. You don't necessarily have to go into restoration. So what do you think is drawing people here? Sure. I, I think if you look at the last couple of years and what we went through with the pandemic and things like that, and so many businesses being negatively impacted um, by you know shutdowns and, and different things, there were so many stories about, you know, the restoration business being, you know, before we even started, it was often touted as being recession resistant, but we not only, you know, got to stay open and serve customers during the pandemic, but we actually thrived and, you know, started doing other services like COVID cleaning and things like that. So it was one of those businesses that when you think about it, the economy goes up, it goes down, you have pandemics, you might not. And through that all, it, it's been a strong business model. So I think that's very attractive to a lot of people who don't want to be negatively impacted by outside forces, let's say. So within the in the restoration space, then there's also a lot of competition within the franchise options here. So what do you think sets United Water apart? Sure. So I always look at competition as being a good thing. You know, I come from the pizza industry as a franchisee. And we competed hard with a lot of other big name companies and things like that. So I never looked at, at you know, competition is a bad thing. You know, I, I, one of the things we always stress to our franchisees is that, it, you know, if you are a good operator and you run a good business, 
there's market share for you because unfortunately there's there's a lot of companies out there who aren't well run you know so if you if they do good quality work they build quality teams and and you know do a good job of communicating with the customer taking care of them communicating with the insurance companies i think there's plenty of market share out there one of the things I think, you know, that helped set us apart, a couple of things. One, we're still in the restoration business. We have 13 corporate locations out there that are still doing this work. Same thing as our franchisees day in and day out, out there hustling for that business. Um, so it keeps us hungry. It also allows us an opportunity to have a little bit of a playground. If we want to test different things or, or do different things, we can do it in our corporate locations first before we roll to franchisees. Um, but like any you know beautiful franchise business model, corporately they also look into into the franchise company on my side, and if there's things we're testing and trying, you know because franchisees wanted to, they've stolen plenty of ideas and, and implemented back on the on the corporate side as well. Um, in addition to that, I mean I think for a small brand with only 25 franchisees, we have six full time staff members um, who all have been proven in the restoration business you know, in their own right in, in previous uh, companies prior to coming to work for us. So, um, you know, they have a track record of success and they're great coaches for our franchisees. What have you found in your years of franchising sets the good owners apart from the ones that maybe struggle to make their franchise profitable, no matter what, whether it's in restoration or pizza or Dunkin'? Sure. Or yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, and what I, you know, I actually have a short piece where I, I uh, talk to new franchisees in our franchise training and talk specifically about this. And, and I say over and over again, in all my years of franchising, the most successful franchisees are the engaged franchisees. Mm. They engage with my team as corporate support. They engage with their fellow franchisees. They engage in the industry. You know, your, your you know, magazine is a great example. You put out a ton of great content and that's another resource that, you know, we expose them to in training saying, you know, it, you've always got to be learning and you've got all of, you know, the beauty of the franchise business model is you're not alone, you know, engage your corporate support, engage fellow franchisees who are in the exact same business model uh, to help you out and, and help you learn. Um, so that, that I would say is regardless of the, the, you know, the brand or the industry, the most successful franchisees are the ones that tend to be engaged. How often are, do you see franchisees getting together? I'm sure that that United Water has maybe some corporate events that you do throughout the year or meetings or whatever, but how often are people getting together and kind of sharing ideas? Sure. Well, we were actually, you know, we weren't really quite the size for a while to really do anything, but this past uh, year in September, we held our first annual franchise conference. So we'll have one every year from here forward, uh, but we had great turnout. Um, brought franchisees in for about three and a half days, and many of them had not met one another. You know, they might have come through training with another franchisee as they were coming on board. They've seen them on calls and things like that. But, you know, I love the opportunity to get everybody face to face, do some learning together, have some social time together, things like that. Um, they are pretty spread out. You know, so they might not get together as much face to face now, but I know in talking to franchisees after they left the conference, they're picking up the phone and they're calling each other and emailing each other with yep. more frequency because they made connections at, you know, the conference over those few days. Yeah. What kind of, you've talked a little bit about the training that your franchisees will go through. What other kind of training do you end up recommending to them as far as the restoration industry in and of itself goes? There's a lot out there. We found in our state of the industry that that's going to be a major investment in 2023. So what do you recommend to get them exposed beyond like the United Water 
group? Sure. So there's a number of different trade shows they could go to that we kind of publish and, and we've had uh, representation at, whether it's from the franchise entity or some of our corporate team goes to. Um, so there's always those kinds of opportunities. Um, the other one that I know that my director of operations, uh, Chrissy Gregory, she's a huge fan, um, REITs TV. You know, yeah. it's a great educational resource for them out there. Um, your your magazine is another one that we talk about in training and just make sure they get signed up for it and things like that. Um, and then beyond that, you know, one of the things we we talk a lot about is culture. You know, we, we have our franchisees and I challenge them and say, you know, why you? Why would someone want to come to work for you? They can go work anywhere. So you better start thinking about that question. So I, years ago, before I began my career in franchising, I worked for Dale Carnegie Training. So it was a wonderful company. I love their principles. I still have the, the golden book that has, you know, the summarizes the different books and things. And so I, I'm kind of a, a, a training and development geek. You know, I'm listening to books all the time and things like that. So we share a lot of different resources like Dale Carnegie or different books or, uh, you know, whatever we might be doing corporately, um, you know, as far as the development and, and team building and things like that to try and help them give them some resources as well. So talking about the culture aspect as well, what what have you seen, you know, we talked about what makes it, makes a successful franchise and culture definitely has to, I'm sure, get in, get in on that. But what does a healthy culture look like? What do you see within the healthy companies that you've worked with over the years, whether it's in restoration or not? Sure. Everybody says I have a culture, but not all of them are healthy. Everyone has right. one. That doesn't mean it's a good right. thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's a, it's a great point, you know, and, you know, I always, I, I oftentimes, you know, will show the, the uh, Asian yin and yang symbol. Yeah. And when I talk about franchising, you know, one's black side and one's white and things like that. And I say, this often represents, you know, franchise one side's corporate, one side's the franchisees and, and all the brands I've worked with, I think what the good culture and, you know, it can go bad, unfortunately, too, you know, is it comes down to that relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee. And when it's going well, A, there's a common goal, you know, they want to grow the brand and everybody's getting behind that, you know, um, B, there's a lot of transparency and fairness, you know, um, you know, one of the things I love about our brand, the only way that we make money is through the initial franchise fee and the royalties. There's no other markups that we do. There's nothing that we, you know, force them to buy through us or get a van through us. And we have to make a little markup there or anything like that. We're going to build this brand by building successful franchisees. Um, so those are those are some of the, the, the key things. And the other thing is, is I think, communication and, and intent. You know, I'm blessed to have a great team that they, you know, are not shy to pick up the phone or, or you know, challenge me in a meeting and say, okay, how do you think that will play with a franchisee? If you were a franchisee, you know, and it, it, you know, I love that. And I don't stray far from that to begin with, because I remember what it was like to be a franchisee. Yeah. Um, but I think those are all the things that go into making a, a really strong culture where the franchisees feel supported. They feel like we're all working towards the same goal um, and they have the opportunity to be successful, you know. Is there anything that you found that has helped your franchisees on the hiring side of things? That's such a tough area right now, finding people and finding talent. Is there anything that you found that's helping? Um, a, I, you know, answering that question, why, why work for me? 
you know, what am I offering above and beyond the paycheck, I think is a, is a good start. Yeah. Because if you have a, a good, strong team, you know, we often talk about asking them, listen, you see what we're building, you see the culture we're trying to build. Do you know anybody um, that, that you could, you know, potentially be an addition as team? And yep. then I'm not shy about stealing a, a playbook from, or a page from Chick-fil-A's playbook. Um, you know, they are legendary for the service that they yes. provide and, and the speed of which they do that. And, you know, <laughs> just trounce their competition and they're only open six days a week. Yeah. I asked my my kids, you know, which which place is their favorite? And this one I was working for Duncan. And they're like, where's your favorite? And they're like, Chick-fil-A. And I said, is it the food? I said, because the food's not that great. It's good food. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I, I never forget my my 16-year-old son saying, dad, they're all polite to me there. You know, they're polite to me there every time, yeah. you know, you know, whereas it, it's hit or miss in some of the other places. And I said, okay, well, how do they, you know, how do they get all the, the good people, often young people? And he said, dad, they go to churches to recruit. You know, and so I've told our franchisees before, I said, listen, if you want people with values and things like that, listen, I'm not, you know, making any statement about religion, my personal preference yeah. or anybody else's. But if you go, go talk to folks there and see, is there any young people out there who might not want to go the traditional route of college and things like that, or looking for the opportunity, you know? So that's, that's one of things. And it's like you said, you're right. It's hard. It's, it's, it's one of those yeah. things you got to be thinking about every day. It, it is. And you have to be thinking about hiring all the time. So no matter where you're talking to somebody about it, it could be the person at the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A as they're like ushering you through and it's my pleasure, you know? Right. Right. Whatever it and may be. Yeah. And, and we tell success stories too. Like, you know, one of my franchisees recruited someone for 18 months because he was, he was going out and it was for a marketing position and everywhere when he was going out doing marketing with referral sources and things like that, kept hearing this person's name and oh. he took her to lunch and he, you know, kept in touch with her and things like that. And it took 18 months, but she's working for him now and has been for a little over a year, helped his business tremendously. You bet I tell franchisees that, you know, when I was a franchisee, I had a business card that on the front had all my information, but on the back, it said, you impressed me, come see me about an opportunity. And I would hand that out, you know, and I know one franchisee, when I shared that story, he goes, that's going on the back of my business card, you know? So I, I think it's one of those things you just got to always have in the, in the front of your mind, because it is going to be a constant challenge for every small business owner out there. Yes, it absolutely is. And we're in a niche business too, where it's like, yep. And they're going to have to maybe go into a crawl space. That's not so fun or an attic full of, yes. or it's not always the best day at work. So right, right. <laughs> it takes a certain type of person. So do most of your franchisees do full service or are they mostly kind of mitigation, not doing so much the recon? What does that look like? Sure. So we're probably about, I think about 30 35% do the recon as well. The rest of them just sub it out. They'll get a, a reliable general contractor that they have a good partnership with and we'll, you know, pass that work off to them. Um, the ones we, we had, you know, a number of uh, people come to us that were doing restoration work for other companies and started, you know, inquiring about, you know, getting in this business and doing both ends. Um, so obviously they're doing both ends, um, you know, in, the, in those companies, but, you know, only, you know, about 30, 35%. Did you respond to Hurricane Ian at all? I know you guys are located in Florida. I was, I'm curious if your network was able to kind of play a role in response efforts to that. 
Yeah. So we actually, you know, we're incredibly busy. Um, we have two divisions. So we have a North and a South division. So the North division, we do have a location in Tampa, but the rest of them are more central and, and northernly located. Um, but our South division, I mean, they had a huge, huge job ended up being, I think, almost $5 million job. It was in a commercial space. Um, they're still in there doing work there, you know, um, but just, you know, they were tremendously busy, obviously, you know, down there. As the storm came through Florida, it actually paused right before it exited into the Atlantic Ocean, right over Daytona Beach. And we had about two, two and a half days of just torrential downpour. So our teams are still really, really busy. Um, we had one of our franchisees from Long Island who sent a, a, a team down um, basically and stayed here for six weeks. Um, and we just kept funneling him work because, you know, it's like any other business out there, every restoration business, you get to that saturation point where you don't have teams or you don't have equipment and you have that waiting list, you know? Well, we chopped off the bottom part of the waiting list and then just kept feeding him here. And he stayed for six weeks and did very well for himself and was able to take, you know, great care of the customers down here and, you know, helped us get to more people who who were in need of it. All right. So before we wrap it up, I'm kind of curious, you've I've met many, 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 many franchisees over the years and many owners. Share a story about someone that you feel like has was just an above and beyond amazing owner. Like this is the type of person that's really successful, maybe not even money wise, but just, you know, a successful business, but also maybe successful in helping their team or other people. It could be in restoration or one of the other franchises you were sure. involved in. I'm just, I would love to hear a story. Sure. So we have, we have one owner and it's funny, it's a husband and wife team, right? And he, they've owned, well, he has owned uh, other businesses and he was an executive in a, a, a large, you know, equipment and he was in a sales and marketing capacity and things like that. So he has a lot of background. Well, they franchised in, in the Atlanta area and it's, and it's Dennis and Anne-Marie of Lagasse and, and, you know, they've built a wonderful business, but he has also, you know, done a great job of building that culture, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's really funny. Um, I went up to visit and I was kind of under the impression that Dennis ran the operations and, you know, Anne-Marie was more in the office and things like that. Well, when I came in and I met the whole team and things like that, they were getting ready to go out on jobs and things like that. And I quickly understood that Anne-Marie, they call her mama bear, but she cracks the whip and they are all are like cow counting. And these are some big men that work for them. Right. And she's a little tiny, but you know, she, they have such a wonderful relationship because on their birthday, they get a cake that they want. Right. Like, so they, you know, whatever cake, if they want a carrot cake, she makes a homemade carrot cake. If they want chocolate, double layer chocolate, that's what she makes. They'll, they'll cook for them. You know, every so often they'll bring out the grill and they'll cook them all dinner and stuff like that and wait on them. And he's just done a really wonderful job of building a great team um guarding that you know so when someone's not cutting it he is quick to to get rid of that because he does not yep. want that harm yep. and you know he's been a great brand ambassador too so i appreciate all his help and support there but he's just a joy to work with and and you know um has done a great job in, in building a really su successful business i love it that's a good story um I was thinking about making all those cakes. I like baking, but I don't know that I would like making that many cakes. So that's like actually a really high level of dedication to make that many cakes for people and what they want. Just right. Throw no that kidding. out there. No kidding. Uh, so uh, where is UWRG going in 2023 and beyond? What are some of the goals? Where do you see things going? 
So great question. So really excited. We partnered with Raintree. It's a franchise yeah. development company. It has a really strong track record. Um, so basically our goal in 2023 is to try and have 40 signings. So add, you know, another 40 franchisees. They might not all open, you know, in sure. 2023, obviously, because some of them might come towards the tail end of the year, yep. but, uh, you know, adding and more than doubling the size of our company. So, you know, very excited about that and adding more quality franchisees. And we're already planning our second uh, franchise conference. Uh, we did the first one here in our headquarters and in, in our training facility space, mm -hmm. but we realized pretty quickly that, you know, next year that we've outgrown that. So we're trying to figure out where around the country we might have that um, and looking to add, you know, uh, more support members too. Cause that was the one thing that, you know, many of the franchisees said, they said, listen, we love your support team and, and your team, but we want to, we want to make sure we love your team when you have a hundred franchisees and 200 franchisees, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's something that I keep in the forefront of the mind and actually challenged my team the other day and said, listen, as we add people to our team, we need to guard our culture fiercely. You know, what got us here and what's, you know, got us to this point in terms of success and the feedback we received. Um, but we need to keep that. And and I said, if I'm looking to bring someone on and they are not a fit, and for some reason I really like them or think they'd be a good fit, you need to speak up and set me down, you know, and say, hey, listen, I disagree. And I, I'm wide open to that conversation because, it, like I said, it, you know, I have a great team and they're they are the reason why we are at where we're at right now. Um, and I just want to make sure we continue that as we grow. Perfect. Well, Bob, this was a lot of great information. Anything else that you think we should talk about that we didn't chat about? Where can people find you or find more about uh, UWRG? Sure. You can go on uwrgfranchise.com. That's our, our website where you can, there's a lot of information on there, um, different videos and links to different things and things like that. And I'm sure if you, if you click on that website that uh, the Raintree folks will, will, you know, be in touch and, and have additional information as well. Um, and if you're ever down in Florida, come and look us up. We're in the Daytona Beach area. Okay, that's a good area to be in. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. I look forward to hopefully crossing paths with you in 2023, maybe at some conferences and stuff like that. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. For more restoration today and the latest news, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com and find the latest episodes of the Restoration Today podcast on your favorite podcasting platform.